Hey, this is your girl Annie Lara Speaks coming to you today with another segment of a podcast episode. And this episode will be discussing relationship trauma. Now, relationship trauma is just what it says. We all know about PTSD, post-traumatic stress, and the um, effects of childhood trauma, the ACEs, uh, some uh, students or kids rather are diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, which research shows now that a lot of those things are not in fact ADHD or ADD, but actually uh the effects of that childhood trauma uh, but you know in this society we like to label a lot of things and uh, come up with these labels which drives um, the profession of counseling uh, if you are a counselor or if you've gone to counseling uh, you may know that you know psychiatrists or psychologists use the DSM-5 which It's a book of codes that tells you about all the different uh, labels that you can place on people or their clients, rather, uh, to diagnose those different uh, disabilities, deficits, and disorders that people have. But a lot of times we do not look at how people interact with each other in relationships. And relationships do indeed cause trauma, especially if you are involved in uh, an abusive relationship, mentally or physically, emotionally. Uh, When I studied um, and did my master's and my specialist in counseling, one uh, one of my favorite counselors that I followed was Carl Jung or Carl Jung, as some would say. There's still some debate on how to pronounce his last name. Uh, It's spelled J-U-N-G. Some people pronounce it as Jung. Some people pronounce it as Jung. However, with my lazy southern drawl, I just like to be easy with it and say Carl Jung. Carl Jung, Carl Jung, whichever one you Uh, prefer to call him but he is the father of analytical psychology he was a uh, Swiss psychiatrist and uh, as I said the father of analytical psychology and one thing uh, one quote that I like um, that Carl Jung stated is that relationships are probably one of the biggest sources of problems challenges and opportunities that we come face to face with in our everyday lives. And that statement is so profound and so true because we don't tend to look at relationships on a day-to-day basis as being a um, catalyst for trauma. And when I'm talking about relationship trauma, I'm talking about a an erotic relationship between uh, a a couple, people that um, are involved in relationship as a couple for um, sexual purposes, companionship purposes, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, whatever label you place on your relationship. 
and uh, I thought about this podcast on yesterday um, as I was coming from an event that I attended and uh, my boyfriend and I usually on the weekends we'll do things together however sometimes uh, at least once a, a month or every other month or so you know you have to have that that downtime from each other uh, you, you just can't be immersed in to each other all the time every time I mean maybe it's just me or maybe it's how I was raised because my parents have been married now for almost 46 years and uh, I've, I've always known them to be a loving couple uh, whatever issues and problems that they had uh, I, I didn't know a lot about until later on and I, I think that's a good thing and I applaud them for that but one thing I always admired about my parents is their ability to coexist without each other on a 24-7 basis uh, my parents they did things together they always traveled uh, they were always going on uh, date nights and couple outings but one thing about them, they always found the time. My mom had her friend girls and her uh, friends that she went to high school with. And uh, her sister that's her best friend, they always got together and they did girls night. My dad, he's always had his guys that he meet with under the tree. And, you know, they, they do their guy thing. And, and that's a part of our culture. If you look into the African culture, men do things together. They're men things. Because men and women as well, we need to be able to interact with our peers, our same-sex peers. Uh, because there are some things that we understand better with each other. If you've ever read the book, Men Are From... Uh, Women are from Venus, men are from Mars. That is an excellent read. And it really breaks down what I'm talking about as far as when I'm talking about, uh, you know, having that girl time or that male social time with each other. You know, back in the day, women had the high teas where they met and they talked about social issues that pertain to females. You know, there's just some things that you can't talk to your male counterpart or your female counterpart about because they just won't understand. And then too, you need to have that balance. You need to have that balance. My my boyfriend has friends that he's been friends with for over 20 years. Most of them are guys that he works with. They're like a family. They're honestly together probably more than he and I are because they work all the time. And, um, you know, I, I'm a social uh, misfit, if you will. I have friends that, you know, I hang with. But a lot of my friends, uh, I guess you could say they don't enjoy some of the things that I enjoy. Uh, some of them have families that they have to attend to. And some of them just like, you know, being with whoever, which is fine with me. I, I don't care. So I, I tend to fly around like a butterfly and uh, find the spaces and places that I fit in and vibe with. So yesterday, 
at um, the event. He was with his friends, and I was with um, a group of friends. And we checked on each other throughout the day, um, whatever, you know, just making sure that everything is okay, you know, making sure that everything's straight. So we're partying, having a good time, or whatever. So as the day was coming to a close, we had already agreed that, you know, we would meet up uh, when it was time to leave. And we had also agreed that, you know, I would come by his workplace tent to uh, get something to eat and something to drink or whatever. So, honestly, I was having such a great time with the people that I was with that, you know, it kind of slipped my mind. Oh, well, let me go by uh, my boyfriend's uh, employment tent and check in and see what's going on. That's just how much fun I was having. So, as the day ended, we walked on toward uh, the tent to check out everything and when I went by there uh, his one of his colleagues said oh D-Love he just left he just left not too long ago and I said huh I said where'd he go they was like man I don't know and mind you okay this event that we attended people are drinking people are having a good time so people might say things that you know uh, when you are inebriated or intoxicated, people might say things in a way such that it may be misleading. And so I, I was in a zone myself. So immediately I, I became mad. I became hot because I was like, what? I mean, why? Why are you gone? Why haven't I gotten a phone call? You knew I was coming over here. So, what's up? Immediately, I began to think the worst. And this is where that relationship trauma comes in. I don't care what people say or what people do. Every person that you interact with has an effect on you. Especially when you're in a relationship with someone that you claim you love, that you've shared spaces and places with, and you've had intimate feelings about. Those people play a part in your life, as they should. If you shared your body and your space and your place with these people, they're going to leave a mark on you. And if you have been ill-treated in a relationship, those scars are there. Regardless to whether you want to admit it or not, we can play the superhuman, we can play the superwoman, the superman, but none of us wear capes. None of us are superhumans because we're all human and we all have feelings and those things internalize in us. So we begin to reflect back on those sketches, those scars that have been left because of the ill treatment the lies, the drama, the uh, infidelity, the whatever has gone on that has caused you some emotional stress and trauma, those things tend to rise to the surface when we reach that panic mode in relationships. And you start thinking the worst. You start thinking back to that time when your ex lied to you and said he was at the library, but he was actually with his woman. You start to reflect about the times when 
you uh you know looked at the bank account and there were there was money missing uh and, and there was no explanation for where those funds went to and i'm just throwing examples out there now my trauma rose because of the previous relationship that I was in with my ex-husband particularly my first ex-husband uh, when he would lie and you know I would come home I, we'd be on the phone talking and he's at home but by the time I make it to the house he's gone gone for hours at a time calling no response Coming home late hours of the night. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. No woman or no man has the right, if you're involved in a relationship, or especially, especially if you are married. Nobody has the right to disrespect you by being somewhere and you don't know where that person is. You can't reach out to that person you can't call that person. That is a red flag. I don't care how much you try to dress it up and throw this cute little uh, excuse around it. There's no excuse for that. There is something called mutual respect in a relationship. So that's when my mind started racing because my partner and I, we generally have mutual respect for each other. We talk every day throughout the day. We always know what's going on in each other's lives. We always keep each other in the know. And that's the greatest respect, the mutual respect of a relationship, is keeping people in the know because it puts your mind at ease. It lets you know that that person is thinking about you and that person is concerned and cares about your understanding of what's going on. Anybody that keeps you in the know of what's going on in their life, that person cares about you. That disrespect comes in when that person no longer shows the responsibility of keeping you in the know. That's when that emotional abuse sets in. That's when that physical abuse sets in. And physical abuse, that's something, uh, you know, done to the body. So that's an even deeper trauma. However, I'm not going to say one is worse than the other because both of them are bad. But when somebody's body is being physically abused, that's an even deeper scar that has to be healed. So my mind started racing. I started thinking the worst when I couldn't get in contact with my partner. I was calling, calling, no answer, no response. Normally when I call my partner, he either answers the phone or the second, third, fourth ring. Or if he doesn't answer, within two to three minutes, he's calling me right back. So I'm, I'm, my mind is racing. I'm like, first of all, where is he? What is he doing? Why didn't he call me? He knew I was coming. So I get there and he's gone. Go back to what I just said about what my ex-husband used to do. Disappear playing those disappearing acts, going ghost on me. So that's when that relationship trauma came to the surface. So I'm driving like a bat out of hell trying to get to my partner's house because I had already made up my mind. If I get to this house, 
and this man is not at his house and he doesn't answer the phone call, I, I'm done. I'm done. Because I built up this wall that I'm not going to ever allow another man to disrespect me and cause my dignity within myself to suffer. Because he's not the only man out there now. I love him like he's mine. But I, he's not the, I'm not dependent on him for my life and my well-being. I'm responsible for that. However, he's responsible for that mutual respect on his part and I'm responsible for my mutual respect towards him on my part. And that's keeping each other in the know, especially if something changes. So to make a long story short, I get to the house, pulls up, I pull up, his car is at the house. That's still not enough for me because I had pulled up at my apartment when my boyfriend, when my ex-husband and I were together and his car would be outside, but he would be gone. So that still wasn't enough for me. When I saw my partner's car in the driveway, so I got in the house. I immediately went to his bedroom and he was in the bed sleeping. Then calls start coming through on my phone. See where we were, it was a dead area and I couldn't make, I couldn't receive the phone calls. So that emotional trauma, that relationship trauma kicked in and made me go into a fight or flight panic mode. Such as when people are triggered, when they have PTSD, and there are triggers that set them off. So that miscommunication and that incident set off my relationship trauma triggers. Now he finally woke up and came to, because as I said, we were somewhere, the event was centered around drinking. And uh, one thing about my partner, he knows when to cut it off. So he had come home and he had went to sleep so he can uh, sleep it off. Um, we talked about it this morning. And uh, he said that he had told his one of his coworkers if I came through to tell me he had gone home because he had tried to call me and I wouldn't answer the phone. So I had to check myself. I had to check everything that I think about and check my triggers because there are so many ways that you can go about solving problems and situations. You can either handle it in a mature way or you can handle it in a little girl, little boy way by going off and acting a fool and cussing and fussing, which we don't do that. We don't do that. We talk about things. We work things out. So, I'm going to go more in depth with relationship trauma as I read some more things and uh, t 
talked to uh, an expert in that field that's actually dealt with the relationship trauma. Because I'm, I'm not the type of person that puts erroneous information out there. I only talk about things that I know about, that I've been through, and uh, have come to a resolve. Remember, I don't give advice. I just tell my story and give my opinions about things and how I've handled those situations. I'm not here to heal anyone because I'm still going through healing. Everybody's going, anybody that's going through something or has been through something that is an adult, especially my age, we've been through some stuff. So you're constantly working towards becoming a better you. And I've self-actualized through a lot of things. However, there's, there's still those scars there. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that those scars are not there because they're there. They're just like a person with PTSD. They can never say that they're truly healed because those scars are going to always be there. Their scar tissue is there. Their relationship trauma scar tissue is there. You can be, learn resilience and learn how to handle those things. And that's how people are able to manage and cope with coping skills, being assertive and resilient when those triggers pop up and knowing how to act and how to react and how to resolve. So relationship trauma is just as important and relevant as any other trauma out there. Childhood trauma, uh, the trauma of war, uh, of natural disasters. People have been through natural disasters, uh, you know, have trauma and things they have to go through. But as Carl Jung said again, relationships are probably one of the biggest sources of problems, challenges, and opportunities that we come face to face with in our everyday lives. Because a relationship is something that we face every single day. We see that person or talk to that person every single day. I hope if you're in a relationship with someone that you're at least talking to each other every day. So you have to face those fears and those challenges and some things that might happen in those relationships that might trigger something deep in you due to some previous relationship trauma. So as I um, read more and become more aware and cognizant of the relationship trauma and how it affects me, I'll share my stories and my experiences with you. So hopefully uh, you can dig down and, and look deep into yourself and, and realize some of the triggers that may affect you in your relationships. So right now, I try to keep things short and sweet and to the point because I've learned that the, the when you hit the point and leave it alone, it, it, it's, it's more uh, tolerable and more understandable 
to the person that's listening or receiving the message. Just like when you're in church and the pastor goes on and on and on and on for 30, 40 minutes. After 25 minutes, you've lost me. So right now, my time is at 24 minutes and 15, 16 seconds. So I'm going to sign off right now with my uh, thoughts on relationship trauma as of right now. And uh, I leave you, leave you in peace and understanding. And Lars Speaks is sounding off. Bye-bye.